Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, it's hard to believe, but the World Cup starts tomorrow. Sports journalist Damien O'Mara is here now to preview the good, the bad and the ugly of the tournament itself, which without a doubt has already been the most problematic one of modern times. From the deaths of migrant workers and discriminative LGBTQ laws to exploitation and corruption, etc, etc. It's controversial to the point that a documentary sprung up on Netflix last week called FIFA Uncovered, where the filmmakers delve into the organisation's origins and track some of its greatest crimes and misdeeds. Uh, Damien, welcome to the programme. Have you seen the documentary? I've watched uh, three of the four parts, Dave, and I got to three quarters of the way in and I went... Do I really need to upset myself by watching more of this? Well, yeah, I've watched all four and uh, it's something else, all right. No doubt about yeah. it. It's something we kind of probably and kind of all knew. It's one of those when you ones. see the cameras so much backstage and you see everything, every walk mm. that, that Sepp Blatter makes, you go, oh yeah, okay, right, sure, I knew that. None of this is new, but there is a feeling that is, if this is not to be the tipping point, then a tipping point will never come because the fact that you and I are sitting here in November, talking about a soccer World Cup taking place in the heat <laughs> that it will take place in, yeah. con- compacted into the quickest World Cup that will ever take place. Uh, it's just like losing. Is it the quickest, is it? Y- yeah, like so less, it's basically less, Spain, less amount of days, yeah. Spain in 82 was the shortest and this is now the shortest World Cup of all. Now, sorry, it's level with Spain, I think. It would have been the shortest, but right. for the fact that um, up until not that too, not that far ago, uh, the host nation were not going to play in the opening game, which has been the World Cup tradition going back yeah. to all times. So they switched the game between the mighty Qatar and Ecuador uh, from Monday to Sunday yeah. in order for them to play the opening game. So I think it is now level perhaps with Spain. Oh, okay. as the, But it is certainly, it is the most compacted. It is there with Spain as the most compacted World Cup of the 22 previous And without stations. a doubt the most controversial. But I get the impression that when kickoff happens at four o'clock tomorrow, whatever it happens to be on Sunday afternoon, um, that people might forget all about the bad stuff and just watch the football because football has that power. I think... And they'll probably do a very good job. I think for the group stages, you're going to have people that won't have tuned in because a lot of the games are going to be... Like, I think you, you go through the groups. I think you can pretty much say who the two teams are going to be that are going to come out of every group, with the oh, yeah. exception of England, USA, Wales which of the two yeah. of the three of those will right. come out. I think once you get to the knockout stages, particularly the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, I have no doubt in my mind the TV figures will be on a par with what they were for Russia yeah, a couple right, of years indeed. ago. Well, listen, just the, the documentary then itself, I mean, it is it is disgusting. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, like, um, it's like the Wizard of Oz when you peel back the curtain and you demonstrate to people what it is that happens behind. But again, none of this is new. I think it's just the fact that it yeah, is all it, compressed together and it's delivered to you on... Like, you've heard all these little stories well, about Well, it's FIFA new for a lot of people. Well, you and me spoke about this a year ago and two years ago the same kind of thing I like, remember coming in here was yeah. it for the World Cup in 2018 and you had the place covered in wall charts <laughs> like literally now this is no, no word of a lie you must I've, have had six wall charts <laughs> and I'm coming today there's not one wall chart to be seen so <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I am taking that as the yeah, measurement that you have the glossy interest, ones at home on okay, the coffee table you know? yeah, yeah, okay. I'd have to buy a coffee table to put it on so I, was, I, I was taking this <laughs> as the demonstration that your uh, enthusiasm is gone no I mean like I must say like, there's very little talk about it until like, kind of now and all the talk really is so negative and minus and right so I think okay well let's let's ask a question do you need to do you need to differentiate between what will be the brilliance of some of the football we hope and what is the fairly murky methods through which it's ended up in Qatar and the politics that are at play that brings it to where we're at a couple of weeks before Christmas the football I think will be brilliant but it is now the fact that it is brought about this really intense focus once again on what is the politics of sport, the business of sport, and the fact that when there is money to be made in any form of life, 
uh, there is the potential for corruption and questionable decisions to take place and that is obviously uh, evidenced in all this like it is um, the the FIFA Uncovered documentary it does a brilliant job of bringing together in a very short period of time all of the different threads that have gone into ending up how we've been here today but then reminds you of the fact that if you go back to the 78 World Cup which took place in Argentina That was the start of the end as far as I'm concerned yeah. and four years before that the whole thing had been had been formed by a man Havelange Yeah but you know you, you could make the argument that the, you know, the the 36 Munich Olympics was the first time that a major international sporting yeah. event was politicised Argentina the exact same Argentina with the Junta who basically were running the country yeah. and you know you, you hear stories of you know a brilliant Dutch team were robbed of a World Cup because of nefarious activities behind the scenes yeah. like there is no shadow of a doubt that there is a very not even like this thing of politics and sport should never mix politics and sport have been bedmates for decades and that is how this world at this level goes round just two things about the documentary I mean first of all I think the spokesperson for Qatar is the Hassan Al-Tadadi whatever exactly his pronunciation Mm. is and he's he gets away with just unbelievable answers in the thing it's like sorry like like, you know like like, because they're salesmen he's talking nonsense he's just lying through his teeth and then Sepp Blatter is one of the biggest crooks and criminals like a head of a mafia I've ever come across in my life and always has been not just since 2000 nine in the handball when he made a joke about Ireland what do you want me to do do 33 countries anniversary yeah, of which anniversary of which was Thursday right yeah, yeah. 2009 long time yeah, ago long time ago but then again like I think like you know it's never going to be okay because uh, Gianni Infantino whatever the new guy um, he gets completely off the hook as well they all get off the hook nobody asks the real questions in this documentary it's just frightening but you see maybe the problem he's, with the, he's the new guy by the way in G- yeah, Gianni people. Infantino who came in as the, the clean brush um, and I Nonsense. to be honest with you I, I, was, I was impressed by him initially and I thought certainly I liked the messaging that came out of him initially Machiavelli sly um, as a fox I'll tell you because it was going to go to Michelle Platini and didn't because of, I mean the, the one thing that brought Sepp Blatter down was a payment to Platini I mean like it's like you know and you could you could arguably say Joe Havelange who was Platini's or who was Blatter's predecessor the one thing that brought him down was a payment from ISL which was the marketing company set up by the founder of Adidas who had the rights to all of yeah, the that World Cups uh, basically they made a payment to FIFA instead of making the payment to Havelange direct and Sepp Blatter who was the Secretary General effectively the Chief Executive of FIFA at the time uh, saw the payment and realised all of a sudden well, hang on a second Joe Havelange is on the take here yeah uh, this has all been proven, uh, you know, yeah, alleg- yeah, allegedly yeah, and everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, so, you know, the, the the irony of all ironies is that a, a mispaid payment, a mispaid, uh, you know, questionable payment to Joe Havelange from uh, ISL Marketing Company, basically unveiled to Sepp Blatter what's at stake here and perhaps has sown the seeds of a culture that has existed for the quite some time. The culture that has existed. I mean, Qatar understood this and they paid the one and a half. Do you remember it was all one million, one million, one million and, and as the documentary would tell you, no, we want one and a half. They get one and a half for development of football in their countries. The money never went out of their pockets. For people who aren't completely up to date on this, uh, is it 14 of the executive committee who voted on these games? So they, they gave out gone, the... Gone, 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 They gave 2018 and 2022 together. Yeah. Uh, 14 of them, which is the vast bulk of the yeah. executive committee, have all been proven or have been charged yeah. or have admitted yeah. to some form of yeah. corruption. Especially when the FBI came in in 2015 and raided the offices in Zurich. And cleaned house, uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it will continue. It's not going to get any better. So uh, one thing I want to know about all of this is this. Doesn't it happen in boxing? Like the the countries are really annoyed about what's going on. Like a lot of the biggest countries in the world who play football, and the, C- Qatar is not a footballing nation. I can tell you, no. with a population of less than two million. But the point about it is, is that you know, in boxing, 
Don't they just say, right, we just don't agree with this, the World Boxing Association, let's form our own. We'll make our own one. And they do. So well, that, that has been, yeah. the Brazils and Frances and Germanys and all the rest not have come together and say, get rid of this FIFA thing, which is absolutely just there for one thing. But Corruption. See, but the, the problem is, it is such a, how do you unravel it all? Because, you know, like, I, I understand what you're saying. but Just when, say no. But if you're, not one, going if, with you're, if you're one body on your own, but I mean, the, the World Cup would survive without Brazil. It yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. But so the World Cup would do an awful lot better if Brazil and Germany and about 20 other countries came together, the big football, and he said, we're not going with FIFA. But it's then, FIFA that's the problem. I know, but they're all they're all tied into it. They're all members of it. They're all tied up in contracts. You know, like, it's like so, so what would you do, right? So, like, okay, let's, let's, right, let's, let's unravel all this, right? Let's get a pen and a piece of paper out, right? So, you and I are sitting here in Dublin and we decide that we don't want our association to no longer be a part of FIFA. So we make up our own association. Damien and Dave's. Yeah. I let you, you did it first. Dave and Damien's <laughs> Football Association of Ireland. And we, we develop our own team. We go recruit a load of League of Ireland footballers. What competition? They won't let us into anything. It's a well, close shop. I'm talking shop. about the players here. But it's I'm, a close I'm talking shop. about the organisation. Yeah, but so if you if you like if you leave the tent, they won't Hold let you on, back didn't in. Didn't Denmark or was it Denmark that that should, something did about four or five months ago? Said I don't know if we're going to play in the World Cup. I don't think I believe in this thing. Yeah, but I don't over. think they were ever going to do that because no, too they much probably weren't. They, they they came out. Denmark's big gesture was they have. Uh, they've coloured in the logos on their jerseys. So uh, when you look at the jersey, yeah, 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 yeah. the yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and, and Harry Kane is going to wear some rainbow colours. A, a number of the captains yeah. are going to wear rainbow armbands. Yeah, yeah, the French really, captain yeah, uh, Hugo Lloris came out yesterday and said he won't. Right. Which, yeah. if you watch the Netflix documentary, the first thing that jumped into my mind at that point was the relationship between France and Qatar, which is a key part of Qatar having got. Listen, when they got it, what did they do the next day? They bought PSG. Yeah, and they bought a shed load of planes from yeah. French yeah. companies. So and it is politics. It's all politics. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. is politics. Yeah. But come here, does it not happen in other industries? Does it not happen in other things as well? Does God it like, no. You telling me music is all above board <laughs> and the film industries are all above board and everything else? Am I just too cynical? Well, no, I'll tell you one thing though. Like I mean, it's, it's, as somebody does say in the documentary, it's never going to be fixed if, if 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 this all stays in place and this will stay in place. And your man is absolutely, I think, as I, bad as anybody else. In fact, I'll give you a bit of him now. Will I? Do you want to hear him, Gianni Infanto? Isn't he the guy in charge? So Infantino. So this, yeah. this is the clip from during the week. Now, this for me, right? Infantino, when he took over as president initially. I thought was going to be a clean brush. I thought it was going to be, you know, the, I, he, I liked the messaging. Why? He was part of it all. Like, we don't own this, you own it. No, he's just stopped doing but that. Was it always, Actions speak louder than words. Was it not Gianni? always going to take somebody from inside to no. change? Right. Anyway, just to put this clip into context, this will show you, I think, the delusion and the detachment that exists at the moment. This is Gianni Infantino speaking at the G20 during the week where he suggested the upcoming World Cup, which kicks off tomorrow, could be the backdrop against which the current difficulties in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, could all be solved. Holy God. Because football unites the world, this particular World Cup, with five billion people watching it, can be the trigger for a positive gesture, for a sign or a message of hope. Dear leaders, Russia hosted the last World Cup in 2018. Ukraine is bidding to host the World Cup in 2030. Maybe, maybe, maybe that the current World Cup starting in five days can really be that positive trigger. 
Right, delusional as far as I'm concerned. I mean, like, don't forget in Qatar you can be killed um, or, or, or sent to jail for being gay. Migrant workers and women have few rights. Slavery is not unknown. Freedom of expression and, and critical voices are silenced completely. And, like, I know that they call themselves, a, whatever it is, a constitutional monarchy and all the rest mm. of it, etc. It's dictatorship. No, and, and I, I think that is the big issue with all of this. And, the, you know, the, the point was made, like Hugo Lloris, the French captain, uh, Spurs goalkeeper, came out during the week and basically said, like, you know, we as players have been put under too much pressure yeah. to speak out against this. And if you wanted to speak out against this, the time to speak out against it was 10 years ago when they were in the process. Now is too yeah, late. because now, they gave it to a dictatorship a few years ago. And they might as well give it to North Korea next to make it three and the, in a row. The, the, issue, the issue with all of this is sport and significant international events are used time and time again by countries as a means of justifying their existence on the international stage. I feel the phrase sports washing going on. Well, exactly, sports washing. <laughs> but like there's, you know, there's more than sports washing. It's yeah. like sports washing is the big thing at the moment. This is a positive representation of ourselves on the global stage. And this is the issue that's at the crux of all of this. You can talk all you want about the bidding process, which has been proven to be completely without any form of credibility or transparency. Absolutely. You can talk about the relationship between major international sporting organisations and political powers and big business around the world. The issue with all of this is over the course of the next couple of weeks, you have a tournament which is taking place and shedding the world's spotlight on a country which has reprehensible actions, policies, cultures in the eyes of what I think are most right-thinking individuals. And that is the big issue with all of this is does this now justify that mindset, that belief, that regime? Yeah, right. Okay, so like it's just that like, you know, football has been stolen. I mean, like I, I, I do go back to anything like pre Avalanche and making this big thing called FIFA. It's like it's just like it seems so innocent at the times. And like you know, you'd, you'd be waiting for Doctor Who at five o'clock, and you'd see whatever it was called Grandstand, and they have the results. You know, mm. I'd be interested in Queen of the South versus Stenhouse Muir. Those, like, I mean, nobody gives a damn about people playing football anywhere so long as money can be made. But will you watch this? <laughs> I probably will. You yeah. see, I'm so like, yeah, know, you know, right. and and, yeah. and like, and I, I make no bones about it. Like, I yeah. have, I have host, I've sat in this studio hosting programs, and yeah. we've questioned the staging of it and everything else. If I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago to say we need a producer to go to the World Cup, I probably would have gone. It's to only the World once Cup. every forty eight months, and like you know, like it's one of the greatest months ever. You know, you know so. and like and like we touched upon earlier, yeah, I, I, I still think the figures like the, there will be there will be an element of of opposition to it, and you know, people might decide over the course of the first couple of days, I'm not going to watch this. I don't want to be a part of this, but. Yeah. Still, I have no doubt Do by know, the end of it. In this documentary, Sepp Blatter is all over it and he gets interviewed yeah. by it. Now, are you surprised by that in some ways? Because, like, you know, there's a total lack of analysis, introspection or any kind of remorse on his part at all. Do he know, just the, doesn't get it. The minute I saw that certain figures had appeared in this documentary series, I started to question, is this worth watching at all? Because, are you know, how difficult a ride are they going to get if they've agreed to do it? Um, I, was, I was surprised. Like, well, they Blatter, gave him rope and he hung himself. Yeah, but I, I think the issue around this is you, you have had decades of individuals like Sepp Blatter who, cra- who, you know, like flew on private jets with like international political leaders were, you know, you know, welcomed into the arms and the homes of yeah. the world's most powerful men and women. And there is just this unbelievable sense of invincibility and ego that grows up around it. Yeah, and he's and right. I, I have no doubt <laughs> in his mind he has no, like the, in his mind, that was the culture that existed and I operated within that culture and everything I did was perfectly yeah. fine yeah. because that was what was there for before me and, you know, what was wrong with doing what everyone else had done. 
You know? Do you think that if the documentary kind of um, shows that these two people, uh, Yaman Havelange and Blatter, they turned FIFA and football into an international business, do you think there's any plus point about that? Um, is there a plus point? Uh, is is the game in a better position now than it was 30 years ago? I don't know. No, it's not. Um, it's been stolen. Yeah, it has been. It's been appropriated and it's been used for yeah. other yeah. benefits. Now, come here. Football does great work at grassroots level. Loads of great... It'd support. do an awful lot better work if the money that was paid under the counter was actually used or what it was meant to be paid Yeah, for. I don't disagree with you, yeah. And like that's, particularly you go down to Oceania, you go to different parts of the world, yeah. the Caribbean, and, yeah. you know, the, the, there is... And the know, guys in charge of those, just as corrupt. Yeah. Um, come here. Sport does great stuff. It would do better stuff if it had more money filtering Listen, down the grass. People are saying a lot lately that sport is the new religion. I'll go with that. <laughs> no problem. Well, that we're all deluded and believe in false gods. Well, I, like, you know what I mean. I speak in jest, anyway, obviously. I speak in jest. Have you found that the reaction of the sporting world to Qatar being the host? Um, like, tell me about that. Like, I, like, come here. Nobody's coming out. Like, sorry, there are plenty of people who are coming out to criticise the decision. I, I'm not aware of one player. I, I was trying to talk to... I, I spoke to Tony O'Donoghue, our correspondent, who's reporting in Qatar this week. Um, I'm not aware. I can't find one player who has decided not to make himself available to p- play in the World Cup. I'm not aware of yeah. one manager who has made the moral high... Now, Here's a bit of Louis van Gaal. Tell me what he's actually... Well, like, so, like Louis van Gaal... These days, he's in charge of the Dutch He's the Dutch team. coach. Now, yeah. th- this, this is where... We, it's, it's, it's almost like this has crept up on people and... Louis van Gaal Carlos Quiros who's the Iran manager former Manchester United assistant manager people might remember him he was very very critical during the week in his press conference as well and it's almost as if these guys have all suddenly arrived into the Arab states and have realised hang on a second we shouldn't be here at all and that, that was part of van Gaal's stance during the week in his press conference but hold on, maybe, just maybe, the FBI, what they did in 2015, should have had much bigger repercussions than it possibly did. Mm. I mean, I know that lots of people were arrested, lots of people were kicked out, but maybe it wasn't enough. Here's Louis van Gaal. I think that you have to uh, play in football countries. More experience with everything, but also to uh, stimulate that country in another way, that they are at the right way. And this is also a small country now. Um, uh, my family or my friends has a lot of uh, difficulties to find a place. Right. But you see, this is one of the things we delude ourselves about most. We fixate on legacies. I cannot remember a significant international tournament like this or like an Olympics or anything like that that has left a legacy. You go to Barcelona, what was the Olympic Village is now amongst the most exclusive area of um, residential property in Barcelona. Okay, it was like largely wasteland before that. It was down the port area. Uh, you go to, you know, I haven't been back, but by all accounts, if you go to Rio, everything that was built for the World Cup, most of it hasn't been looked upon since. Olympic Park in London has served a purpose because they built a massive Westfield shopping centre just beside it and West Ham were allowed to have a run of the stadium to keep it relevant. Like, okay, Qatar is not going to get... Qatar is rich enough as it is. It's not going to get any yeah. richer as a result yeah. of the World Cup. Like, what is the legacy going to be? Well, hold on. There are legacies as well. People giving out about the fact that the Queen who died in England there some time back and it cost like something like four billion or something for the whole thing and that. I guarantee in the next five years you'll see 35 billion coming in in terms of tourism. Yeah, okay, yeah. But like, are you, like, would you rush to Rio having seen no. the Olympic Games in Rio? No. no, no. Um, you know, like, and again, like, we do have this disproportionate fixation on 
what good is this going to do in the long term? When in reality, you can go to Olympic venues around the world, none of which have ever been used again or have been taken down. Like, you know, I'd say more people have gone to Stratford in London, which is where the Olympic Park was of late, because the ABBA Voyage thing is on there at the minute than have anything to have knocked okay, on from the so London Games you're, 20, you're, 10 years ago. OK, so you say the players should not have boycotted the tournament, and obviously you're right about that. So will players take a stand, though, in any way to illustrate their issues around the event and not just Harry wearing his whatever I was more saying you can't blame the players no, for the decision to send it there no. like I, I would have I, I would have found it very interesting if, if a significant player had come out and said I don't want to be a part of this I don't want to be associated with this I won't go um, you're going to have a situation where uh, the Danish Football Association wanted to have human rights t-shirts that their players were going to warm up yeah. in they were told they weren't allowed to uh, you're going to have a number of captains are going to wear LGBTQI friendly uh, captains armbands so like pride armbands um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a significant increase in the number of players say who might have pride laces in their boots like realistically they're not going to be allowed to make gestures on their jerseys you know you can't wear something on so, your jersey um, sorry the other, the other issue is this well, isn't the World Cup for the ages it's the World Cup being played in the Middle Ages Yes, fair point. Yeah, that's a good way. Sorry, of what, what were you saying there? I was going to make the point that the other issue as well that you have to remember around this is FIFA run the whole gig. So if there's a pitch invader, you don't see the pitch invader because the director who is employed by the governing body, the organising committee, is told as a matter of course you don't show the pitch invader. Actually, if, like that happens in the Premiership yeah, as much but, as possible. But yeah. my, po- my point is if there's a protest... So if, if uh, I don't know, if Harry Kane scores the winning goal in the final, if England get that far, and he has a T-shirt on under his jersey yeah. to protest against the fact that we're here yeah. or to highlight the issues around gay rights, to highlight the issue around, uh, you know, the state police and everything else, and he whips up that jersey to show that T-shirt, is the match director going to send those pictures worldwide? No. I would doubt it. Yeah. So I, I think the issue of protest, I, I would be quite interested to see to what extent, if there is a protest, that protest is brought to the world. Like you saw those situations during the week. Now, again, you can there's two sides to every story. The, the organising committee will say they had notified media about very strict rules around filming in certain public locations. Uh, I think it was a Danish television network live on TV yeah, the other night that, got yeah. interrupted by yeah. the local authorities. Then they and they apologised. And, and that's yeah. been seen as a, this is a, a further indication of and the controlling no nature booze of what's on going the Happen. Yeah, which is that that in a way is I find that slightly intriguing from a, a business point of view as much as anything else, because the alcohol sponsorship and the alcohol sales is such a significant part of the, the gig. Budweiser thing is hundreds be, of millions. Let's be honest, let's get back to its core. We are going to watch 22 men kick a stuffed ball, an inflated piece of leather around the pitch for our own enjoyment. But this is big business. And uh, that that's a massive like that's a massive decision if they are to ban booze from the World Cup because, you know, okay, it's it's obviously you can say it's respecting the local culture or it is bowing down to the demands of the local authority. Uh, one way or the other, but from a financial point of view, that's a big loss for FIFA and the tournament organisers. It's all about the pouring rights, Dave. It's all about the pouring rights. It's all about the pouring rights, indeed. Yeah, I mean, like also, like you know, Russia. You know, they won over England in four years ago. Well, it'd be ten years ago when it was all announced, mm. and the same at Qatar over the USA. Yeah, and when you look at it, like, and and this is the thing that when you get into the nuts and bolts of of the Netflix documentary, this is the thing that that really came home to me. If you go back and you read the Qatari bid, the feasibility study like completely rubbished it. It was like, it, it almost likened it to something that had been put together by a group of transition year students. You want to bring a tournament which was meant to take place in the summer when, can you imagine what the temperatures are going to be like then if the players are complaining about it already? Uh, you know, 
the vast amount of the stadia have had to be built. Nearly all of the infrastructure for this has had to be built, which then in turn has put pressure on the construction industry, which then has brought about the entire issue around migrant rights workers because of the demands to try and build this with the speed that it is needed to be built. Like, there are so many grounds upon which this thing should never have got off Absolutely. the ground and beat a US bid, which effectively was like was almost like the plug and play version. We have the infrastructure ready to go. We're yeah. 10, 12 years out. We are ready to go. Just come and we'll throw the party for you. We have everything you need already. And they decided to go and do this. And we are a footballing nation because, the, because the, the, the women's team in particular. Yeah, well, they're more of a footballing uh, uh, nation the, the, the than world Qatar. So the, now, come here, there is a counter argument. If it is, like you look at the, just say, for example, one of the criticisms of the Rugby World Cup is that the Rugby World Cup keeps bouncing around the same venues. It goes to New Zealand. It goes to France. Mm. It goes to England. It might go to Australia. It goes back to New Zealand. That, you know, if, if football is the global game, you know, that marketing phrase which is used, it's only right that the Arab world would get a slice of the pie at some stage. Asia's had it. Europe's had it. Africa's had it. South America's had it. Uh, North America, Canada, Mexico yeah, are going to share it next money, time around. money talks. I know, but, you know, is there an argument that it should be brought to that part of the world at some stage? Just yeah. this was not the bid to bring it there with? This was not the place to bring it to either, you know. I mean, like FIFA is just this giant criminal organisation filled with corruption, money laundering and bribery. And that's the least that comes out of this four-part series. And nothing is going to change once FIFA is allowed to stay there because your man, Infantino, is just carrying on as yeah. far as I'm concerned. He's a and total chancer. It is a cruel reminder, again, that it's just money talks and yeah. whatever it is, sport, music, whatever else, walks. Indeed. Have you seen the story during the week about um, David Beckham and his... Which one this time? Oh, well, so he's, he's reported, so 150 million quid yeah. sponsorship deal to be an ambassador. Yeah. Now, He's not doing any interviews, I see. Yeah, um, and the comedian Joe Lysett's going to oh, shred yeah. 10 Joe grand Lysett, if, yeah. uh, if Bex doesn't. Yeah. Um, which I, I think, like... I think it's I think it's elements like that that are really sticking in people's craw that yeah. someone like Beckham who is a gay icon who has done so much for the gay community over the years he and he's not on his own there's like Pep Guardiola was uh, you know a bid ambassador when the bid was launched Xavi the former Barcelona midfielder who spent a chunk of his career out there was a bid ambassador you know Rod Stewart came out during the week I turned down a million quid to play at the opening ceremony Dua Lipa had to come out and deny that she was going to play at the opening ceremony Rod said no it's well if, if you're Rod Stewart you need another million but like it, it's just come here at its core this is big business and big business will go where it best suits big business to go. Right. And that's where it's going for and the next the four end, weeks. the Germans will win. <laughs> yeah, after a penalty shootout. <laughs> they always do. OK, I'll give you a bit of Joe Lysett then. Uh, Damien, good man yourself. Thank you very much indeed for dropping into us on the programme today and uh, enjoy yourself whatever you're doing over the next month. Who's, who's going to win it, Dave? Damien O'Mara. Uh, Qatar. <laughs> They've won already, I suppose. Here's Joe Lysett burning his money. Have you ever seen Joe Lysett getting his, getting his, uh, sending back his, his parking ticket? No. Uh, it's hilarious. Well, anyway, here he is again. Just saying this, look. I'm giving you a choice. If you end your relationship with Qatar, I'll donate this 10 grand of my own money, that's a grand for every million you're reportedly getting, to charities that support queer people in football. However, if you do not, at midday next Sunday, I will throw this money into a shredder just before the opening ceremony of the World Cup and stream it live on a website I've registered called benderslightbeckham.com. Dave Fanning on 2FM.